you're a fan of Excellence Expected, and you already know the power of podcasting. You know that it's second to none in building trust. You know that it's second to none in engaging with an audience. And you know that it can help you to create a tribe of loyal fans for your small business. Today, I'd like to introduce you to a company called The Podcast Host, created by my great friend, Mr. Colin Gray. A company that helps anyone, including you, to start their own show. Whether you want to learn to craft fantastic audio through their online courses or actually let them take care of the entire process with their end-to-end production services, all you need to do is do the presenting, send them your plain, mistake-filled audio, and they will do the rest. There is no technical knowledge required at all on your behalf. And because Colin and I get along so well, I've secured an amazing deal for you as a listener of Excellence Expected that is going to give you a huge 50% off your first month. So head to thepodcasthost.com forward slash excellence and use the code EXEX to take advantage today. Excellence Expected, the inspirational business advice podcast. Hey, hey, guys, welcome to another episode of Excellence Expected with me, your third favourite Englishman, Mr. Mark Asquith. Now, today we are going to talk about relationships and most specifically, the idea that actually in business, we need to create real relationships and not just the illusion of relationships and specifically, what you can do to generate results with these relationships. Now, we live in this world of social media. We live in this world where everything is really transparent. We have to be, quote unquote, ourselves every single day, every single hour of every day. And it becomes really difficult to actually start to build these real relationships. And that is something I'm really, really looking forward to digging into. And joining me today to help me with this is someone who I have the utmost respect for, someone who has done so much in a fantastic career. It is indeed the co-inventor of ACT, the CRM solution, Mr. Mike Muni. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing well, Mark. Thank you. You are very, very welcome. Now, let's just talk about ACT for a second. ACT, I probably hear that word every single day and I've no doubt you do. Tell us a little bit about that. What was, what was that journey like? Because you, know, you guys led that field. Well, it certainly was an unexpected journey. And what most people don't know, Mark, is that it was born out of uh, desperation. I like to call it the Hail Mary Pass. My, my partner and I actually had created another software product, had raised $100,000 from an angel investor out of Boston. Uh, we're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And uh, $85,000 later, we literally said to each other, this dog ain't going to hunt. We're literally almost out of money what do we do? And I went to a guy who I respected in the PC industry, a very influential man, and asked his advice. And his sage advice was, why don't you guys go have a four-hour brainstorm breakfast? Next week is July 4th. It's a holiday. So have breakfast from 8 to noon and just uh, see what you can come up with. And we did. Didn't cost us anything other than breakfast. And at that breakfast, we literally began an exchange of, well, what do we need? If we have a blank sheet of paper, what would actually help us? Because our original product that failed, uh, we couldn't use ourselves. And so we started an exchange of, well, you know, I wish I had a software product that did, that did this. And uh, therein began 
what became the uh, conception of ACT that morning. And when we left that breakfast, Mark, we knew we were on to something. We had no idea, of course, nor would we for quite some time, how big of an impact it would make in the world because it uh, literally created a category of software back then that did not exist uh, called relationship managers or contact managers. And we were the first and I'm proud to say, and I certainly didn't have the vision to know that this would be the case, but here it is 28 years later, uh, and it's still on the market, still number one in the Windows category, and you know that many software products uh, are around that long. So it, uh, it did quite well, but it, it did well because people found it was valuable to them in helping them achieve more meaningful and effective relationships. So bottom line, it was an unexpected and delightful journey uh, in a part of my life. What a pleasant surprise. <laughs> it's not a bad thing. I love the idea of, of sitting down and doing the brainstorm and really starting with what could you guys use? What, what, what could we do? What, could, what do we need? You know, what are our problems? That is, we talked about it in the pre-interview chat, you know, the barriers to being an entrepreneur have never, ever been lower. And it's great to see that so many people believe they've invented that kind of phrase, you know, well, just solve the problems that you have yourself. This is not a new thing. This is, you know, this is the backbone of business, isn't it? It really is. You know, it's the cliche, but it's a true cliche. In this case, you know, need was the mother of invention and we couldn't think of anything else. And so we just, you know, focused on, well, what do we need? And uh, that's how it was born. Love that. I love that. What about 2016 then, Mike? Where are you today? What do you do? Tell us a little bit about uh, a little bit about the more recent years. So today in 2016, Mark, what happened is back in 2004, I abandoned Windows, which meant I abandoned my own invention and child act. And I went Apple and then the phone came out in 2007. By the end of 2009, I was a frustrated ex-act user because there was literally nothing in the Apple world that even came close to act. And I said to myself, I could have only lusted after a, a, a device, the smartphone that was with me 24-7 that I, I definitely want to have everybody I know, everything I know about everybody I know, all of my activities scheduled with them and everything I've done you know, with or for them uh, historically with me at all times. So it doesn't exist. I need it. And I know how to invent software. I know how to design it. I know how to go global. I know, you know, I know how to do all those things. So I'm going to start another company. And I started a company called VIP Orbit Software. And our product today is called Viper, V-I-P-O-R, uh, on the Apple App Store. And in fact, today, the iPhone, iPad, and Mac versions are still free, but that's going to change fairly soon here, uh, certainly for the Mac. And also, uh, it's kind of an, another interesting day because uh, we are releasing today the Apple Watch version. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. I'm a super geek. So this is that instantly I'm hooked. Like, ooh, watch apps. That'll do. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. I love that. So let's talk about this notion of real relationships versus the illusion of relationships. Can you just frame that for us? You know, what brought that to the fore for you? What, what's, that, what's that in context? Well, uh, and that's a great question. And it's something I think that a lot of people, if not most people really face today, you know, there have been a number of scientific studies, you know, out of Harvard, Yale, places like that that have shown, despite the world of connectivity that we live in today due to social media and products like LinkedIn and Twitter and Facebook, we are in fact less connected than ever before, which doesn't make sense. But in fact, it does make sense because, and I'll use myself as an example, Mark, I get a lot of unsolicited LinkedIn invites. Uh, now, the purpose of LinkedIn, and it's not their fault, is to connect people, right? 
But the way that people use it, uh, for the most part, and this is my own anecdotal evidence personally, is that I get the default message. I want to add you to my professional network. Wow, that really incensed me and motivates me to want to connect to you. You didn't even say, hi, Mike. Uh, you know, I read your blog or I downloaded your software or I heard you speak. I mean, there's no sense of really uh, emotionally connecting with me. So what I've done, Mark, in my own case, because I do talk about this and I've written about it, is I've hidden the ability for people to see who I'm connected to. Uh, and so I accept. And what happens is literally 95, if not greater, percent of the time, I never hear back from those people. I don't know why they wanted to connect. There's nothing that comes of it. There's no initiative on their part with which to continue the connection now that I've accepted literally nothing. It gets worse because let's say uh, you're one of those people, for example, and I accept. And now what LinkedIn does, it says, well, these are all the people that you both know in common. Well, I just told you I don't know 95% or more of those people. So, in fact, it, it, you know that's not true. So there's uh, less connectivity in that sense. Uh, the other side of the people that do get back to me are trying to sell me something. And I just delete them right away. I, I'm not interested. I know that that's what uh, they were concerned about or interested in. It was a self-serving motive. Uh, you know, Twitter, people have 250,000 followers and they themselves follow 251,000 people. Give me a break, right? Facebook <laughs> is, has uh, uh, destroyed the true definition, in my opinion, of the word friend. You know, everybody's a friend on Facebook. But uh, other than family, which is great to have Facebook for, uh, the people that send me a friend request that I also accept, I really never hear from them again either, other than when Facebook tells them it's my birthday and they just say happy birthday, right? I mean, there is no sense of a real relationship. Real relationships have an emotional bond uh, connection, and it doesn't remain or reside in, in the way that people, for the most part, use the social media platforms. Although we could say, hey, I've got you know 2,000 people linked up to me in LinkedIn. Aren't I special? No, you're not. Not really. And so I ask people this question. How much of your business is derived from your social media activity, right? And most people don't raise their hand, very few. But everybody's on social media. I'm on social media. I know how to use it, but I know how to balance it. And then I ask him this question, how much of your income uh, comes from the people that you directly network with and are getting to know? Everybody raises their hand. So it's a stark contrast, Mark, on the illusion of relationships rather than the reality of them. And with, you know, the invention of ACT and now Viper, which are only tools, by the way, it really depends on the attitude and the initiative of the people themselves to use a tool to help their initiative and attitude uh, to connect with people on an emotional level. And I'll, I'll give you an example. So, I, I, you know, I checked you out. I went on your LinkedIn page and, you know, a lot of us put things there. It's interesting. And you know, you said what your interests were, and one of them are, you know, comics, right? Comic books. You know, I, I know where you went to school. I know the blogs you wrote, and those are of interest. Don't get me wrong, but the, the area by which I can begin, hopefully, or have a greater chance of beginning to create an emotional bond with you is saying, well, what are some of your favorite comic books, right? Why? Well, because those are your passions. Those are your real interests, and people like to talk about their passions. So, by simply, you know, focusing on that element, I'm now beginning to bridge, uh, you know, the distance between you and I 
uh, in creating that emotional bond. And you're going to say, well, you know, it's Superman or you know, whatever the case may be. And I'll say, you know, I was a Superman, you know, fan too. And I still have the original Superman comic book. And you can you imagine the exchange you and I would get into, uh, you know, beginning with that point of discussion as opposed to, well, tell me about where you went to college and what your degree is in. You know, so there are there are fine points within what social media wonderfully provides us insight to regarding other people. But it's up to us to focus in on and take the initiative and focus on them and get them to talk about what their passions are. Some great examples there. And the example, the anecdote around the LinkedIn connections, it drives me insane as well, Mike, completely insane. And just to kind of turn that on its head, a touch. Do you not find that people are completely offended when you don't give them everything, when they send you this completely non-thought out, really kind of impersonal connection request? And when you don't respond to the immediate sales message you get thereafter, I've had instances before where people just take real genuine offense that I've not given them some of my actual real life time when they've not done anything at all to get to know me, even just a little bit, like you mentioned about the comics, do you think it's made us in certain areas just lazy? I, I absolutely believe people are lazy. It's human nature to be lazy. Uh, it's human nature to fall into, you know, comfortable habits, but those comfortable habits may not be very productive or efficient as far as what we need to do on a daily basis and throughout our lifetime. I mean, this is this is a never-ending, you know, effort to create relationships and not just create them, but to strengthen them, maintain them, uh, enhance them, expand them, because it's not just, you know, you and me, Mark, talking to each other. Okay, you, we've connected here. That's fantastic. But behind you and behind me, we, had, we each have a multitude of people that we could refer, you know, the other person to or remember if something comes up and say, you know, I know a guy. Uh, that really did a fantastic podcast and he's got this focus and you'd be perfect for him. And I, I'm considering you because we have this connection, right? And so it's not just a one-to-one, -one, it's always a one-to-many. I, I don't deal with individuals. I'm always dealing with networks as a background. Uh, and that's important to understand. Now, you know, we've got to earn the right uh, to go after business. I mean, okay, so we're all after business. We all want to sell something. We all want to be successful. That's a given. There's nothing wrong with that. But how we go about doing that and what we understand about that uh, will determine or not the success or failure that we uh, have a result with, you know, by doing so. Yeah, I mean, the network is such a big deal. And the idea that, um, you know, when you, if you were to, if you were to extrapolate the example that you gave around just a really, really anonymous style LinkedIn or Facebook connection request, you would never, ever dream of acting like that in real life, would you? you never dream of acting like that. Just imagine that. And what I'd like to do actually is just kind of draw a comparison. You built ACT, what, 28 years ago, and you built Viper more recently. With this whole social networking, this anonymity, this kind of really quick fix attention span that people have got, what what were the differences that you experienced in building those two different businesses? Is there a, is there an actual difference to what it was 28 years ago in this regard? Well, from a value proposition standpoint between the two products, no. Uh, there are more things today than back in the ACT era, of course, when we invented it, uh, that can be applied, like the social media, right? I, I was able 
to learn more about you as opposed to the old days where I would have gotten a phone call in the early act era, <laughs> even before email came out, or I might have got an email as time progressed back in the you know early 90s, whatever. Uh, but I wouldn't know much about you other than what you would describe in your email. Now, all of us can go discover as much as that person's put out there to absorb a sense of that individual, right? That's a good thing. Uh, but the problem with that is how do I distinguish myself from my competition? Because we all have competition. I don't care if you're an architect, an engineer, a doctor, it does not matter because there are other architects. So sell me, Mark, on why I should you know, select you as my architect. What I'm trying to get to here, Mark, is that everybody sells, uh, even if they don't feel like they are a salesperson. No, I'm a, I'm an, a chartered accountant. I'm not a salesperson. Oh, yes, you are, because I can choose another chartered accountant. Uh, why should I select you? So sell me. And so what we what we are are salespeople at all times. What we do is what our skill set is, you know, law, accounting, whatever. Uh, but having said that, since everybody sells, we all have competition. Since we all have competition, my competition has the same access to all of that public information you've put out there about yourselves. So far, therefore, I've not distinguished myself from them. And I'll give you a perfect example. You have no idea. To this day, I'm still amazed uh, how it helped a light bulb go on over the proverbial head of mine, right? Uh, I started my career with IBM back in the mainframe era, and IBM renowned back then for its sales training. I was in sales training for six months before I was given a territory. We were nationally ranked. I mean, we did things like, uh, you know, it, it was the equivalent of Harvard MBA school, case studies, role playing, et cetera. And we were graded and ranked nationally. And I ended up doing very well at IBM and I had a great career. But one of the things they taught us uh, was, and remember, Facebook did not exist back then, but they said, uh, when you go in and call on somebody, notice what's on the walls. It was what's on the walls concept. And what that meant was, you know, you, you um, uh, walk into the lobby of a, of a building of the, of the company and what magazines are laying on the coffee table. When you get into the executive's office, what trophies or pictures or mementos are lying around their office and on their desk? Those are things that are representative of their passions. And so ask them about it. Hey, I, I noticed that yacht on the uh, on the wall. Or I see you standing there with uh, Lee Westwood, the golfer. When did you get to play with Lee? Oh, well, I played with him, you know, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And, and I've opened you up to talking about your passions that I uh, mentioned earlier. OK, so that's a what's on the walls concept. I did that with everybody I called on. But nobody and people responded to my questions, but nobody commented on the fact that I asked them that question, except one CEO one day did. And basically, here's how it unfolded. I, I made an unscheduled call on a, a big company. Uh, and I certainly thought, well, you know, they, they could be a prospect for an IBM you know, mainframe solution. IBM taught us to always call at the top. And if you got delegated down, fine. But I, I did my uh, courtesy with the executive assistant, asked her name. Uh, hi, my name is Sue. Uh, or hi, hi, you know, hi, what's your name, Sue? Hi, Sue, my name is Mike. How are you today? So very courteous to that person. I gave her my card. The CEO came out. And I, I introduced myself. And this is what he said. He said, Mike, I would love to talk to you today about what IBM is doing to help people in my industry but I'm getting ready to go on a two-week skiing vacation in Colorado with my family. Feel free to get back to me when I get back. Hey, thanks. That was a win, right? He invited me to get back in touch with him. I walked out to my car and in my paper system back in that era, 
Three weeks later, Mark, I wrote down two things. The executive assistant's name, because I was going to encounter her before I got to him. And then I wrote down to ask him how his skiing vacation went. So I, three weeks later, I called him up. Right? I thought I'd give him a week to get back and catch up. Got him on the phone. Hi, Mr. Smith. This is Mike Muni from IBM. Oh, hi, Mike. How are you? Well, I'm fine, Mr. Smith. Mr. Smith, how was your skiing vacation with your family in Colorado? A moment of silence, and this is what he said. And this is almost verbatim. It made that much of a mark on me. He said, you know, you're probably a pretty smart guy working for IBM, and you're probably smart enough to know that your competitors have been calling on me too, which they all have. And since I've returned, they've all gotten back to me because I invited them to get back to me too. But do you know you're the only one that asked me about my skiing vacation, even though they also knew it as well? What that tells me is you listened to me. You're a professional. I do not like to deal with amateurs. Yes, let's have that meeting. And I ended up selling him an IBM solution. Now, the moral of the story is not that I sold him an IBM solution. I might have done that anyway because I had those three magic letters, IBM, right? The moral of the story is in his mind, his perspective of me compared to my competition was I was a professional. He relegated them to amateurs and he effectively dismissed them from contention because of how he viewed me. And that's what made the difference. And I never forgot that. So when the day came to start designing ACT, the reason the ACT layout was what it, it was and today still is, as well as Viper today with me, is due to uh, the stake in the ground that that experience provided me in understanding the value of an emotional connection and getting people to talk about their passions and remembering it, though, right, to have a, a, a means by which you could remember to ask that. It's quite a startling notion to think that all those other reps didn't do that. It's such a, it's such an amazing thing to, to to understand that they just didn't even think to do that. And is that something that you see as you, you know as you move through Viper and you people actually sell to you, and as you went through Act and so on and so forth, do you notice that kind of thing? You know, having had that training, is, does that help you make those kind of decisions as well? I, you know, I imagine it's quite tough to uh, to to work with you and sell to you on that basis. You must notice everything. Well, yes, I do. I'm a little bit more sensitized <laughs> than, than maybe a lot of people, but I'm just a, a normal person too. I want to succeed. I want to, you know, have a good life. I want to, I want to have all those things. Nothing wrong with that. My competitors do too, right? And in fact, we might even hire some competitors because they're good people, you know, but that's not the point. The point is I don't know how other people are acting. What I do know and what I can control is how I act and what I remember and the importance of bringing it up because they told that to me. Now, I have had a lot of experiences in my life of telling things to people that really aren't known other than through my conveying it to them personally, right? And a number of those people, when I next encounter them, Mark, don't remember to ask me about it, right? If I said, well, I'm going to go out to uh, Hawaii on vacation next month, you know, I'm not interested now, but get to, get back to me in a couple months or, you know, three, whatever. They don't ask about that. Some people do, but most people don't. Right. And then on the other side of things, I have been told by people, I'm amazed you remembered that. Most people would have forgotten that. Right. Well, it's not that I have a great memory. I don't. Part of the reason I, you know, invented ACT and, and now Viper is I don't have a good memory, but I want to look to you as if I do, that it was important enough for me to remember that and record it somehow. Right. Uh, because again, I'm going to get back to how do I distinguish myself in a noisy, busy world? that includes competitors 
uh, to move ahead of the pack, you know, going that extra mile where there's no traffic jam. There's all sorts of little techniques that we can employ with which to achieve that, but they have to be authentic. They have to be genuine and they have to be purposeful toward the people that they, you know, you're dealing with. Yeah. I love that. It's fantastic. Really, really useful. And that is quite insightful as well. It's, it's a great insight to snap you back to reality. And the one, the one thing that I'm pondering in my own mind is this idea that we all feel so busy, whether that's genuine or not, or whether we're just chasing our tails. And it's very easy to just dismiss that kind of attitude and just say, well, you know, it's all right. We'll just put them through the, the normal process. And that, that detail that you mentioned there and the fact that you just record that specific detail and just create that emotional tether. I think it's such a valuable lesson because we all, we all forget to do the simple things and the simple things are often what makes such the big difference. So I think that is such a fantastic tip. And what I'd actually like to do, Mike, is switch a gear into the actionable takeaway section of the episode. So for anyone out there that might be able to relate to this, that is struggling to create these real relationships, or perhaps have just realized some of the traits that you've mentioned there, what three things can these guys do to start to build real, genuine relationships? Well, in my opinion, Mark, first and foremost, it is not necessarily important that you use a software tool uh, in a relationship management context, as valuable as those can be, obviously. The most important thing is the attitude you have toward people. And in my company, not only do we have a mission statement, but we have a relationship statement. And it's simply this. It's two short sentences. People matter. I didn't say business. I didn't say personal. I just said people matter, period. And the second short sentence is we believe in the infinite potential of closer relationships. So it must begin with a person's attitude and commitment on how they view and treat other people as a result. You know, I'm not after recurring revenue. I'm after recurring relationship value, right? That's number one. Number two uh, I don't actually like the phrase CRM, customer relationship management or relationship management. I truly do not believe you can manage a relationship as funny as that sounds, being who I am and what I've done. What the only thing I can truly manage and the people themselves can truly manage is their reputation. How I conduct myself determines your perspective of me such that you categorize me and place me, you know, next to competition, as I described with that CEO exa example, uh, and, and he was a good example. He was assessing me compared to others, forming a perspective uh, and an opinion on what is my reputation, a professional. I cared. I listened, right? My reputation is in front of me, behind me, above me, aside me. It is what determines whether I will succeed or fail in life. So let's call it reputation management rather than relationship management, which puts a focus on me and how I conduct myself rather than you, uh, whereby I'm after something, right? Um, the other thing I'll say is a quote. Uh, and I, you know, I know it's the UK, but I uh, trust that most people in, in uh, the UK understand baseball enough to know what a batter is with the baseball bat standing at the plate. <laughs> and, and here's the quote, because we don't succeed with everybody. Obviously, uh, that's not that's not uh, life. Right. But it doesn't mean we should give up and, and never stop applying these principles. So here's here's the analogy uh, um, to not give up every hit. Uh, excuse me. Every attempt does not produce a hit. Every hit does not produce a home run. 
but every home run is the result of both the attempt and the hit. Look at football in your country and across Europe, right? How hard it is to score a goal. And that is simply due to continuing to try, knowing that most of the time you're going to fail, but you keep going at it until you score that goal, right? So you've got to do that and never give up. I love that. That is such, such a good analogy. That is so, so good. Again, people, you know, when you think about the world that we live in, this speed at which we try to just do things, people often start to measure their success before they've even put the legwork in. You know, you see that with, again, we mentioned earlier about the entrepreneurs, the levels, they've never been lower to creating our business. But you see so many people that just want to rush to that success. So I love that. I think that's fantastic, Mike. Thank you so, so much for that. And that has been such a superb session. I've really, really enjoyed that and learned a heck of a lot myself. And just before we stick a pin in it, where can people connect with you online, please, sir? Oh, I appreciate that, Mark. Well, uh, if you want to check me out personally, you can go to my website, Mike Muni, M-I-K-E-M-U-H-N-E-Y.com to learn about me. I do a lot of public speaking, uh, write blogs, etc. Uh, you can go to my company website, viporbit.com, uh, to learn about our product, Family Viper. Uh, and you can certainly go to the Apple App Store, uh, iPhone, iPad, Mac, and then, like I said, today, uh, later today, watch when it's released uh, and download the products for free. Uh, if you want to write me an email, please send an email to mike at viporbit.com, and I guarantee you I will be happy and delighted to respond. Super stuff. What a gentleman. Mike, thank you so much for that. It's been a fantastic time. You're very welcome, Mark. Thanks for the opportunity. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. And guys, don't forget, if you've missed anything, do not worry because all of the show notes and all of the links that Mike has mentioned will be available at excellence-expected.com. So check it out, guys. And whilst you're over there, don't forget there's a world a world of small business resource and content that we put out there to help you in your entrepreneurial journey. And Don't forget, the more you expect from yourself, the more you will excel. Adios, guys. Bye-bye.